Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of a Trillionaire. <laughs> it is Tuesday, November 3rd, 7.40 p.m. I did that backwards, sorry. But um, on this episode, I think, I think I'm a rant, all right? I'm in a ranting mood. I done ranted on LinkedIn. <laughs> and now I'm about to rant here in my podcast, all right? Because... It is crazy to me that there are not many, like, if at all, <laughs> there are barely any UX design jobs. Specifically, I mean, I mean for XR or emergent technologies, right? VR, AR, even like quantum computing, AI, machine learning, you know, all these newfangled technologies and stuff like that these areas there are rarely ever ever any ux design jobs all right and what makes it even worse is that many of these companies the vast majority of them have barely any designers on their team they have maybe one lead designer or director of design or or if you're lucky, you know, if you're lucky, you have the founders are designers, right? And they have a design culture. But most of the time, it's just, you know, it's, it's a bunch of engineers, a bunch of, you know, 3D modelers or something like that. And it doesn't, that's, that's fine. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I don't have anything against these folks. Um, I wanted to be an engineer at one point, you know, I wanted to learn code and everything like that. And I highly respect engineers I, I i'm super i really love i really like engineers you know i like talk to them and like um i'm very comfortable working with them because um, i understand you know code to a certain extent you know i can kind of speak that language a little bit um i don't consider myself a developer i just not that talented but <laughs> i really like development and code and engineers and all that stuff right however as I've, I've, as I've been looking through these companies and I've looked through, I don't know, at least 100 by now, um, 20, about two, two, two or three dozen of which were specifically emergent technology companies um, related somewhere to uh, the immersive experience you know, area, XR or related. And um, yes, that's a lot of companies. <laughs> you probably don't even realize how many people, how many companies there are in this space. But there are quite a quite a bit, and I and I keep finding more, which is which is good. I like that. I'm glad that the industry is growing to that extent. However, the point, the the fact that these emerging technologies almost never have designers is really really worrying to me. And here's why. It's not just because I've just spent the last nine months becoming a designer, you know. I've been interested in design, you know, um, or rather, I didn't really know what UX design was prior to this time, but I've been working more or less in design for the last couple of years, you know. <laughs> I've been lucky to have had, uh, um, what do you call it, um, I guess bosses. It's so weird because I've worked at small companies and I don't really call them my boss. <laughs> but I've been lucky to have my, you know, bosses that have that design, you know, experience and have been teaching me that stuff uh, over the last couple of years. So it's not like a sunk cost fallacy type of thing. I'm not over here or or maybe that's not the right term, but I'm not looking for I'm not 
I think you get what I'm being. <laughs> you know, I'm not disparaging these places. I'm not being like desperate for uh, where the design jobs, you know. It's just the, the principle of the matter is that design is important, right? This is Design is not a new field. It's something that we have been doing since the dawn of time, you know. And the, the first, you know, we before we didn't call them designers. We called them architects. You know, we called them. Uh, I'm not. I'm, I don't know. There, there are probably words for it before, but people who sat down and thought about, okay, how are people going to move through this space? How are people going to use this this product, this service? Right. People for for as long as we've had modern day technology not even modern day as long as we've had any sort of technology <laughs> we've had people who sat down and thought about how how others are going to use that technology how are people going to use you know uh this weapon how are people going to use this uh tool this farming tool or whatever right um and and at first a lot of the time a lot of the time um it was the the blacksmiths, you know, they were they had they had to have a design mentality. They had to think about how people were going to use their tools, um, what pain points they were solving. You know, they had to think about uh, how what where the where the uh, what do you call it? How easy it was to use their tools, right? Like if somebody picked up this sword, can can a, a novice use it? Can a novice soldier or warrior use it? Or do, do they have to be, you know, some expert in order to use my sword, right? <laughs> they had to think about these sorts of things, right? That's a design. Uh, that's a user-centered design, essentially. <laughs> um, but it, you, we can come all the way back up to, you know, the actual dawn of computing. You know, at that time they had human computer interface uh, designers, human computer interface technicians, or or uh, there was a specific name for it, I forget, but you know, you know, Nielsen Norman talks about it a lot. But these human computer fit interface people, they looked at you know how are people interacting with computers? <laughs> it's, it's in the name, you know, what's the what's the uh, buttons they have to press in order to create the operation they want to they wanted to create, you know, and these people were different. The key point here is that these people were different than the engineers. You know, these people weren't thinking about what are the programs, you know, that you're gonna have to write in order to get the computer to to to, to run. They weren't thinking about, um, you know, what what operations <laughs> were required to make the computer do what you wanted to do. They were thinking about how do people use the computer? How do people use those operations? Right. This is why engineering and design goes hand in hand. And again, it's not just computers. You can go back into architecture between, you know, the people who designed the buildings and, and everything like that versus the constructors of the people who built those buildings. You can go into vehicles, the people who design, you know, what what the vehicles are like and, and how what it feels like and everything like that and how it drives versus the people that build those vehicles. Pretty much any major complex complex tool or technology has this interchange this uh communication this interplay between designers and engineers and it's important to have that because without designers you cannot have a good product that people truly enjoy don't get me wrong you might be lucky <laughs> you might have some engineers that can think like designers you know 
But, of course, that's not their job. That's not their main focus. And as we all know, you know, specialization is important because you have to be able to focus on a specific thing in order to solve complex problems. And so you can tell when something is created by an engineer versus if it was created by a designer. You can tell if, you know, there is an interplay between these between these two uh, people. So during the last couple of years, we've gotten really into this idea that engineers were the most important um, talent for any organization. They are very important. Don't get me wrong. Again, I'm not disparaging these people. I'm not saying that, you know, they're not important or anything like that. But we've gotten to this idea that you need you only need engineers and designers are kind of a nice to have. <laughs> and because of that, we have this world full of tools that people either don't know how to use correctly. <laughs> and the, the reason I have to even say that, like use correctly is, is a problem <laughs> in and of itself. Because the designer knows that, you know, there is no correct or incorrect. You have to design the tool so that it can't be used incorrectly. That's that's what a good design is. When you flick a switch, it's either on or off. There's no, you know, having it wrong. <laughs> you can still design a switch wrong if you have, you know, I don't know, multiple switches in the same area and they both use the same light. And that's how you have that confusion of, you know, on and off. That's, again, bad design. Or somebody over-engineered the problem. Whew. So, I think you see where I'm going here. Going, 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 put where, ah, blah, blah, blah. Goodness. All right, so, I just have so many thoughts on this, on this freaking topic. So, another example of this is freaking Photoshop, Sketch, Omnigraffle, um, Adobe. You know, all these tools where they're supposed to be tools for designers, for them to create designs, wireframes, and stuff like that, but they were clearly, clearly made by engineers. <laughs> and you know that because, you know, most of these tools don't even follow design principles. Like, there's no feedback, there's um, no clear idea of what, you know, a certain button does. Like, right now I'm learning um, Axure. It's a really incredibly powerful tool. Like, I, I didn't even think you can have a tool this powerful <laughs> without code, where you can create something you can create a prototype that is a full vertical slice of an app, like has actual realistic data. So you, if you want to prototype, you know, um, an app or a website that reacts differently based on the data that you put into, you know, the, the input field, you can prototype that on the Xer, on Axure. You can't do that on any other prototype tool. I've used Sketch, I've used Principle, I've used Figma. I've, you know, looked at uh, how Envision works. I, I've used Envision. Um, what else? I think there's some other tools, but most of those other tools focus focus on the visual side, the interaction design, right? The micro interactions of of visual animations and stuff like that. And that's important, but it's just the skin. It's just the skin. These tools are supposed to be created for designers to showcase, you know, how the app should work, how the user flow should work. Meaning, how do people get through the app? You know, what's the information architecture? What's the uh, fail state? What's the null state? What's the, you know, this, that, and the other? And yet these tools were created by engineers who didn't really understand what design was all about. 
<laughs> and so it's extremely hard to really design something um, at all on, on a lot of these tools. It takes a lot of effort to get to a point where you have some level of mastery with these tools. And that's not a good thing. With code, you know, just think, just imagine if, if the tools that you, that you needed to code were, were so complicated that it took you, you know, days, weeks, months to understand not just how to code, but how to use the tools that allow you to code. That barrier to entry is very harmful. And so, I, that, that was all meant to be a precursor. <laughs> what I really wanted to rant about was the fact that these emergent technologies do not have a lot of designers or any designers on their team. These emergent technologies are, are, are supposed to be the future of where we're going, right? They're supposed to be the example of what type of future we want to live. And yet, how are we going to have that future if people on if there's nobody on the team that can actually think about what users want how users think and how they will go through that product or that service you can have engineers building you need engineers to build you know the actual features to build to make it actually work we understand that you need engineers for machine learning for uh, you know um virtual reality for any of these <laughs> technologies, right? Quantum technology, uh, the automated vehicles, autonomous vehicles, all this stuff, right? You need engineers, of course, duh. But people still don't realize that you need designers. You need designers to actually talk about, okay, you have this machine learning um, algorithm or this machine learning tool, but how are people going to interact with it? How are people going to use this machine learning tool that you created to the best extent possible? How are they going to solve their problems with it? You have business people thinking about how they can make money with it. You have marketers thinking about how you can sell it. You have salespeople, you know, thinking about how you can sell it, rather. Marketing people thinking about how you can sell the, the message of it, how you can make it sexy. You have all sorts of people. But why don't you have a team of designers actually thinking about how that tool is going to be used? So now we're, we're getting, we, we've already seen this problem, actually. I was going to say we're getting to a, we're, gonna, we're, we're creating a future that is very dark and obfuscated. But we've already seen that. Look, like, look at the world we live in now. How many people have parents that don't really know how to use their computer? My mom, she loves creating, you know, crafts and everything like that. So she has to use this tool called the, uh, the CreCut, CryCut, however you spell it, say it, C-R-I-C-U-T. And um, it basically allows her to, you know, cut stencils and stuff like that. And yet the tool is not really intuitive, right? <laughs> you need some, t you're trying to figure out just how to connect it to the printer. And it was not really clear how you do that. I had to sit down and look at the tool and, f and figure out for a good like 30 minutes to an hour to figure out how just to connect it to the printer. This tool was made by engineers. They gave it, it had amazing features. 
Like you can, you know, create all sorts of, you can create a, you can have an image from a template and then it automatically cut out, you know, the, the background or automatically cut out the foreground or make an outline of it, you know, um, tools that, that Figma doesn't even have, <laughs> right? They have a library of, 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 uh, designs or, or stencils and whatever that you can download. They have all this amazing stuff. You can, you know, do a lot of amazing stuff with it. And yet... I couldn't even figure out how to connect it to the printer. That's bad design. That's the problem with not having designers on your team. Is is that you're going to create tools where people are going to be struggling with how to use it. And now you <laughs> because of that you're going to have a whole bunch of support problems. A whole bunch of support tickets where people are going to be calling in. How 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 do I use this? What what you know, what what's going on here, right? You have people asking a bunch of simple questions, seemingly like how do I connect this to the printer? <laughs> well, no, actually, thanks to reading you know Design of Everyday Things and as well as my own experience with virtual reality, I've realized even it's even worse than that. Is that people are simply going to think that they're that they're dumb. They're going to think that the technology is too advanced for them. I see this all the time in, in, in my arcade, right? Where there's something that seems simple to us and we've, you know, done our best to design it. Or actually before, I, you know, I was, uh, we were thinking about design. We, <laughs> we just think about the features that we want to have. And, um, and so because of that, you know, people play these games... Or, you know, they're just doing a certain activity and then like, okay, what what do I do here, right? How do I how do I walk, for instance? <laughs> I'm like, press that button. It was like, oh duh. <laughs> I'm dumb. But no, you're not dumb. It's just it was badly designed. <laughs> Nobody thought about, you know, how an average user, how a person who doesn't use technology, who doesn't play games, who doesn't, you know, use computers or whatever, is gonna figure out a seemingly simple part of it. And at Arcade, we only knew this because we have great customer service. We tell people over and over again, please let us know if you have any issues, if you have any questions or anything like that. We watch them. We see <laughs> if they have a problem. Because nine times out of 10, if they, if they weren't next to us, if we weren't paying attention, they wouldn't say anything. That's bad for us as a business because if they don't say anything, they have a problem, then they give us bad reviews. <laughs> there are so many arcades that I know of that had better technology than us and yet had way worse reviews. They had better games than us, yet had way worse reviews. Simply because they did not have the customer service to look at what problems their customers were having. They weren't asking their prop their, their those customers what problems they were having. But for a lot of these companies who aren't on the front end, they, 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 they put the product out in the world and that's it. They're not going to hear back from those customers. You're not going to know what problems your customers are having. And so eventually, yes, you might come up with some amazing technology, some quantum computer, some uh, advanced machine learning tools, some amazing virtual reality. But nobody knows how to use it. And you're going to wonder why your adoption rates aren't going up. You're going to wonder why your customer retention isn't, <laughs> isn't high. 
you're gonna why no, wonder why you're leaking customers to your competitors that eventually are figuring out their own technology. Having good designers makes you competitive. Makes you have a good product. <laughs> it reduces your su- your support tickets. It reduces your your um, bad reviews. There's so many business advantages of having an actual strong design team. And I don't mean visual design. I mean UX, user experience. Visual design is just the, the, the icing on the cake. Yes, it's important. It makes the cake appealing. Nobody's going to eat a cake that looks ugly. But if you have a pretty cake... If you have a unique cake with these three layers, it's all these amazing things on it, and then some, somebody digs into it and it's crunchy or it's nasty or, or some other you know bad experience, what do you think is going to happen? And I'm really passionate about this because I freaking love technology. I love emergent technology. I love all this new stuff. I have I listen to dozens of podcasts about new new technologies coming out. You know, dozens of YouTube videos and, and channels. Talking about this new technology, and it, it excites me so much that we're living in this age of constant ev- uh, innovation. And yet, it frustrates me because when I look around my daily life, I see people struggling, struggling to keep up, struggling to use these amazing tools that we have. Even myself, who's fairly technically savvy, have I have so many issues just uh, knowing the best way to to get the most out of the tools that I already have at hand. I'm still discovering new ways to use my MacBook (laughs) that I've had for the last 10 months. Struggling to figure out, you know, all the features of my Google Pixel that I just picked up a month ago. It shouldn't be this hard to make the, the best use of these tools at hand. And this is especially important for virtual reality, for augmented reality. Because people are already looking at these tools with, with either anxiety or with uh, disinterest. They're already ready. They're, they're they're ready to dismiss these tools. They're saying, "Oh, it's like three TVs. It's just another fad. Just a just a gimmick." <laughs> either that, or they they're already thinking it's too advanced. It's like, "Oh wow, we live in the future. I'll never understand that." You know. Technology is so so crazy, so complicated these days. So they, they dismiss it. And now, because of that, you're gonna have these problems with people. With the, you're gonna have this massive, massive tech uh, technology gap. You already have that now. Even today, we have this massive technology gap between people who don't know how to use technology and people who do. That leads to the wealth gap. That leads to classism. That leads to so many problems within our society. And it doesn't have to be like this. I'm not saying design solves our problems, but I mean design kind of solves a lot of problems. <laughs> it's so beautiful because design is not it's not you know limited to just computers or technology or anything like that. It's a it's a, it's a matter of looking at life, right? It's a matter of understanding how people function. Of empathizing with people. That's why it's a whole field of study. And so I definitely understand these experts. Like I follow uh, Debbie Lovett. I follow Darren Hood. 
um, follow all these people on um, LinkedIn and stuff like that who are talking about how frustrating it is that people keep conflating UX with UI. That people keep saying design thinking and, you know, agile design and stuff like that. At first, I was like, oh, these people are just complaining. <laughs> right? Like, I, I, I heard about sprints and design thinking before I heard about UX design. I didn't think it was that much of a problem. But the more I look into it, the more I learn, the more I realize, oh, wow, this is a serious problem. I remember when I first learned, um, when I first was learning to code out of high school from around 2012 to 2016, right? Doesn't seem that long ago, but I remember very, very, very vividly that there were a lot of people that thought coding was, was a, that didn't really understand the value of coding, right? Even in 20, 2016, People didn't really understand the value of coding. We looked at, I remember looking at these job postings and they were like, you know, front end developer, <laughs> back end developer. And it just listed, you know, we need to be able to make a website, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right? Simple stuff. And it's like, that's not what a developer is about. You know, that's not the full potential of a developer on your team. And people were, having this whole thing of oh um everybody can code anybody can be a coder and yes anybody everybody should learn some a little bit of code just like everybody should learn how to use their computer have some technical literacy but not everybody can code not everybody can be a developer it's the same thing with sports anybody can pick up a basketball and learn how to dribble the ball learn how to shoot but not everybody can play in the nba all right <laughs> Simple. It's simple. So I understand why people would be like, um, design thinking, design sprints, that's a problem. Because that's like the same idea that's saying anybody can do design. I'm like, yes, everybody any everybody and anybody should learn a little about a, a little bit about design. But not everybody can be a expert designer, right? Because <laughs> it's it goes into so much you have to have so much knowledge and expertise and experience actually creating solutions it's like saying anybody can you know if i can pick up if i can type hello world in javascript i can be i can work at facebook <laughs> right i can create the next google it's not that simple you need expertise so all these companies with these emergent technologies, they need to have designers on that team. They need to have the expertise of people who are, who, who their sole focus is to help understand their users, their behaviors, their pain points, and create solutions around how to solve for those pain points. Because only then will we have technology where people actually feel like it makes sense to them. We wonder why so many people are, you know, just so quick to dismiss technology, so quick to think that they're not smart enough <laughs> to use technology. And it's because it's been badly designed.
for the vast majority of tools out here is uh, the problem is not that you're not smart enough to use a tool the problem is that whoever created that tool was not smart enough for to help you use it I'm gonna make that a, a, a quote I'm gonna retweet that or something <laughs> let me let me see if I can make that smooth for the vast majority of technologies out there the problem with tools is not that shoot I forgot what I was gonna say I don't know I'll figure it out later <laughs> but you get my point I've I've ranted long enough and I'm hungry so yeah I'm gonna make an article about this too I think I should have I should have did that first actually I'm, I'm much better when I write first and then talk <laughs> get my thoughts <laughs> straightened out but um yeah it's just oh my gosh it's so much man and i'm super excited to work for vr and ar xr stuff like that because it, it, the, the the type of problems that you're gonna have to solve for it is is so amazing to me right is because you have to look at you know how people move throughout the 3d space in their real life and then figure out how to slot in this new technology in their life you can't just make a bunch of features make some cool you know engineering tools and just expect people to use it there's going to be a much 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 lower bar for over engineered problems because now it's going to be in your face right just like in real life if you have a tool that you don't know how to use or that, that you you know can't figure out you're either going to throw it away or you're just going to put it down you're not going to mess with it right <laughs> And so in VR, AR, if that tool is in your face, it has to work. If it doesn't work, you're going to throw it out. You're not going to use it, which is bad for the business. And unlike in real life, in VR and AR, the best business models are most likely going to be recurring, meaning that you have to pay for the service on a recurring basis. And I think it's going to be like that because... It's a digital product <laughs> because digital products, you know, are usually have to be updated regularly, right? You can always release new features. You can communicate with your customers more quickly. And so people are going to expect that communication. People are going to expect that update, that progress. In a real life product, you come up with a feature or whatever, and it comes out next year, right? Like the newest car. You have these physical things and all these features that I can do. And by the time they, they come out with some new ones, it's going to be in the next model of the car. You buy that car once <laughs> and you're probably not going to buy another one. Same for almost any other physical product. Like if you look back at all the different designs of ketchup bottles, you see what I mean. <laughs> There's always change, right? But you only ever buy maybe one type of ketchup uh, a week or a month or a year or something like that. Maybe not a year, but you get my point. But for a digital product, you're going to be regularly updating these things. You're going to be regularly, you know, um, using these things. And so the business model isn't going to be buy once and then wait till the next time to go <laughs> figure out what, what, what changed and what's the update. No. It's going to be a constant update, just like with Facebook, just like with YouTube, just like with 
any other product, any other digital service, right? That's why software as a service is so powerful. It's good for the business, it's good for the customer, usually. And so, for VR and AR, you have to, have to, have to get down that design experience, that experience of of truly enjoying the product day after day, week after week, year after year. Otherwise, that is not, it's not going to stick. People wonder why, you know, yes, people are buying Oculus and, and, and all these other VR headsets more than ever before. Of course, because it's, it's more and more content that's coming in. But when you look at the use, um, the user usage, you know, after a month or so, they put down the headset. They don't pick it up for another five, six months till they have a bunch of other content to get to. And that's because they don't truly, they're not delighted with the experience on a daily basis. Right? It could be because they're missing some magic, right? They're missing some, some features, some abilities that you can do. They're missing some usage. Like, why would they use it on a daily basis? If your headset is only used for games or for a specific experience, then of course people are not going to use it as much as you want, want them to use it. If you want them to use it on a daily basis for this to become a part of their lives, then you have to create a product where it's multi-usable, uh, multivariant, whatever you, <laughs> the name for it is. And I, I think that's going to be really important for these virtual re, uh, and augmented reality products is because we can use them for everyday items. I'm standing in my garage right now or the back room of my garage. If I had an AR headset, I could be making a little digital game. Right? I could be talking with a friend. I could be doing a podcast with another person at the same time. I could be reorganizing. Right? I could be cataloging everything. There's so many things that you can do. And I love games. I love, I've, I've just spent the last three and a half years just with virtual reality games. But this technology is more than just games. It's more than just games. So you, you, you can't over-engineer this problem. You can't have a bunch of engineers just creating one-time features or <laughs> you know innovations that nobody can use. You, you need designers to actually sit down and think about what people want, what problems people are having, you know, what, what things they can solve, and designing towards that. Then the engineers can go ham. <laughs> creating amazing innovations making amazing things happen but until we get to that point VR all these emerging technologies is going to have a hard hard time becoming mainstream and I think that's really sad it's tragic because this, this is the next step in human evolution I think So, um, anyways, I'm super excited to work for <laughs> any company that has an actual design team that really cares about that design. You know, I've been looking at Spatial, Spatial.io. Um, I've talked about them a couple times just in the last few episodes with um, Space Top. I've said Service Top before, but Space Top and Bump Top, really amazing um, features and stuff like that. Uh, I'm not sure if they're designers per se. But they have that design mentality. They definitely do. 
and um, they have some designers on their team more than just one so that's good and um, they actually have you know roles open for designers so I'm definitely applying and uh, I'm excited I really hope I, I, I can get that role I'm gonna do my best to you know show what value I have that's my that's been my problem like <laughs> figuring out how to show my value you know I have this passion I, I know I have I can I have this potential I can get the skills but I haven't been there yet so I'm excited to uh, get to a point where I can uh, have un unparalleled unmistakable value to these companies and really make a difference really create amazing products that that people really enjoy that help people live fulfilling lives so that we can actually build towards a better society and that you know so that we're not just building tools that just uh, just that are just nice to have that we're actually creating tools that improve the quality of life for everybody not just a specific sect of people either there's just so much to do uh, but yeah thanks for listening to my rant <laughs> it's always fun um, I hope <laughs> uh, as always let me know what you think about you know the, the the role of design in these emerging technology companies and let me know what you're thinking about your own role and your interests and your passions and your relationship with technology let me know what you what you want to do in the future to create a better world and let me know what you're doing right now to create a better world as always you can contact me at any time whether it's now, tomorrow, in 10 years, 50, I don't know, I don't care. Hit me up at Elijah Claude, E L I J A H C L A U D E, on Gmail, on Twitter, on my website, on Flubbyverse, because that's probably going to be existing in the next 20 years, I don't know, <laughs> and uh, any other platform that's out there. I would love to talk and build the future. Let us evolve <laughs> as always thanks for listening and have a good night bye bye